0: Hello, hello my loves. I am so excited to present to you a very special podcast episode this week because this is my first ever guest interview Um, and (laughs) I have brought on someone special who specializes in uh, finance since obviously that is something I've been talking a lot with you guys about and just how to be able to um, map out your finances with someone else. Um, This is a really, really pragmatic and preemptive type conversation we're going to have that whether you are married, dating, single, um, I think that it's really, really important to start laying um, transparency and a healthy relationship with your finances so that you can bring that into your marriage. Um, So Yvette, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, then we're going to
1: jump in. Ah, thank you, Liv. I didn't know I was your first guest speaker. I'm so excited. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Yvette Sadevoy. I am a tax strategist and tax preparer um, from New York City. I specialize in custom deduction strategies for small businesses and individuals, but I also really put, uh, put a large emphasis on my work with families to make sure that we reach their goals, plan for their future accordingly. And that in general, they feel comfortable knowing that, you know, like their future is financially secure. Um, so that's what I do. And I'm really excited to actually talk to you about this topic because um, obviously like I've worked with, you know, thousands of families, um, you know, with their taxes and finances. So, and it's, you know, there's, it's a very personal conversation that I get to become a part of. Um, and I've just noticed a lot of similarities in the type of like, I guess like healthy relationships and like clients that I've seen like last you know, let's say 10 plus years. And I've seen a lot of common um, mistakes that people make and a lot of these people end up getting divorced. So I do feel like I have a little bit of an insight into so many people's relationships. I'm really excited to um, contribute to this conversation.
0: Good, good. That all sounds amazing. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear what you have to say. Um, I have been following you and your advice for a while now. And just like, not only as a small business owner, but being a newlywed, it is so helpful to just have someone who isn't like, like for me, I have thought about like accountants and CPAs, and I know that you're a tax coach um, and you, you fill that role like a little bit differently. Um, but I, like, I kind of see them as these like stale of boring
2: figures i know i know i hate that stigma about this job i know (laughs) honestly though i feel the same way i think everyone has that same attitude because i feel like it's just like the culture of the industry you know what i mean like it's no one thinks of accounting as, as exciting it's not sexy it's not you know any of those things um but i just felt like it didn't have to be that way right like we can especially moving into the new age where you know, a lot of people our age no longer want that, like you know, corporate America lifestyle. Like nobody wants to work hundred-hour weeks anymore. People value like work-life balance now. Um, I think mental health is a huge, you know, factor now because people are more aware of it. It's not so taboo anymore. And I think it's people are starting to put boundaries, you know, between their work and personal life. So I felt like, you know, I can do the same thing and I can do accounting my own way and still be, fi- you know, fine. And thankfully, it worked out well. But yeah, I'm glad that that, you know, translates well. I'm always nervous about that.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And we will obviously drop all of Yvette's um, handles, all of that in the show notes. But I got to say, she definitely brings a sexiness to find. Well, thank you. (laughs) So um, to just kind of get started here, um, something that I kind of want to touch back on is that stigma, right? Of that it's kind of boring and it's kind of like, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that really deters people from just broaching finances, whether they are single or in a relationship. What do you think? A hundred percent. I
2: think I think it's, it's definitely the fact that it's scary because I feel like a lot of people are not very involved with their own finances. So they don't even know how to talk about this. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't really know you know what I mean? Like, you don't know what to bring to the table because a lot of people just are not in tune with it. And I get it, you know, taxes and finances. It's scary for people who don't understand it. I, I, I hear it all the time. Like, oh, I don't want to think about it until, you know, until tax season starts or I don't want to think about this until that. And like, yeah, I, I get it. But I mean, it doesn't have to be scary, but I think it also, defer. you know, I feel like it stops people from having those important conversations with their spouses because A, it's not something that they enjoy talking about in the first place or thinking about in the first place. Um, but also I think it makes people feel very vulnerable, right? Like, like you have to share like a very private part of your life with someone. And now you have to like, not only open up about it, but you have to share it and figure out how to merge it or not merge it or whatever. And I think that's really scary for some people. Um, because I think it touches like a little vulnerability, like, you know, like now all of a sudden you're losing a piece of that independence that you always had, just something you always managed yourself and just always did by yourself. And now it's like, well. How do I do something to keep it fair or whatever? It's a hard subject to talk about in general for many reasons.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Well, and especially when you're in those situations where um, you don't feel like you have any money, right? Um, so you're like you're like, here's this like huge thing that I'm missing that I should have and you know and that brings up like all kinds of complicated feelings and so then it makes sense for it to just like not be something that you want to talk about with other people because that's that's like a how do you say it um it's like a sore spot or like yeah a, it's like a sore spot 100%. yeah so uh, what would be your i guess best approach to just starting to be more open with that conversation how do you start being okay With that type of vulnerability.
2: So, this is gonna be a very taboo topic, right? It's going to be very taboo because, you know, there's this huge divide, right? And I'm sure you've spoken to, I'm sure even you speak to your clients or in general, just even amongst your friends. Um, everyone has their own opinion on how to handle their finances with their spouse, right? Some people like to keep everything fully separate, some people will half merge, some people will merge fully. And I know that there's technically no right or wrong way, but there actually kind of is, right? Like, I don't know if you agree with me, but like, I feel like when, and I'll just give an example, right? Like, I'll use myself an example. So when me and my husband, we were together, we were dating for like three years or something before, no, like two years before we moved in together, right? And then we lived together for about like two years and just In the beginning, I feel like it was very, um, you know, like half, half, like I'll pay half the rent and you pay half the rent. and, And, you know, because it's just very new and you're just kind of like, okay, we'll share expenses, you know, but then the more you kind of just live together and then the more you kind of things just end up merging. And we're talking about obviously like healthy relationships where things just go on this, like, you know, correct, like proper, proper trajectory. Right. You just become more comfortable. Right. And like, for me, for example, it would be like, okay we started with just like, oh, I'll split half half front with you and then it was like okay let's set up a, a joint bank account so we're not always like you know quick paying each other money for example right and then once you have this joint bank account it's almost impossible to keep the finances separate anymore right and i think in the beginning i remember when we first started doing it i was like okay i'm gonna try to be conscious like i know that i deposited you know two thousand dollars and he deposited two thousand dollars so i'm gonna try really hard not to spend more than like you know, what I put in, so he doesn't feel like I'm spending his money, but eventually it just kind of becomes one pool. Right. And it's, you just kind of lose track of it. You're like, okay, this is just ours. Right. So I think when people have like healthy, you know, like healthy, you know, spending habits, meaning no, no one is a shopaholic or no one likes to just, you know, splurge on all these things or whatever, when both people are on the same page on how they view money and how they view, for example, material things and how they view, um, what is important to them and what they want to spend money on that conversation just becomes so much easier right so like for my husband and i we both kind of felt the same way like neither one of us really shops a lot like i don't really buy a louis vuitton bag every week you know so like there was never this concern of like all of a sudden three thousand dollars is going to disappear from the bank account you know or um you know and he like never spent money on clothes or anything you know he's just one of those guys like never spends money on anything um, so we just kind of realized that like, we have a lot of the same, uh, viewpoints. Right. And I think going back to your question, that's really what, you know, where it starts is what do you value, right? where does your money go? Um, what's important to you? What will you spend money on? What will you save money on? And when those views align the, it just ends up being super easy. Right. Um,
0: yeah, so thank you so much for sharing all of that. And something that, um, that I would love your perspective on as well um, is that, so you you went through this process of you're dating, you dated for a while, you move in together and you're figuring out your finances and then you get married. Um, So something that's a little bit unique about my audience and and kind of our religious culture um, is that we tend to, uh, this was not the case for me, but we tend to date very quickly. And then, you know, we're not really moving in together before we get married. And so this kind of jump from, I'm Mm -hmm. single, and then in three months, I'm married and living with someone. So what do you think is a good way to, like, bridge that gap a little bit better for, uh, you know, this kind of unique situation of we're dating, we're not dating for very
2: long, right? I think... Yeah, I hear you. So there is like a little bit of like a, you're, you're kind of like kind of like skipping a step. Um, I think it still kind of comes back to the same thing, right? Like while you're dating, right, you can still have the conversation about like what are your future goals? Uh, do you want to buy a house? Do you want to own investment properties? um what you know like are we saving for this like you know like for example like we, are we paying for this wedding are we saving for this wedding if we are what's our budget and what do we need to do to get there right like that was a big thing for my husband and I even though we were living together that was irrelevant like we still had these goals right we're like okay we want to you know get married in a year and a half and I want to have this kind of type of wedding and I need to save x amount of dollars how can we make that happen and how can we do it right so we were very quickly on the same page of, okay, we need to basically not spend any money on anything for like a year and a half. <laughs> because I wanted a really extravagant money. <laughs> so we literally did not go out for like a year and a half. We barely spent a dollar on anything. Like literally we saved like 90% of, um, like, I know it sounds <laughs> crazy, <laughs> but, you know? And and so we got on the same page really quickly. And I think that's where it, where it starts. So it starts with What are your values? What do you want to spend money on? Right? Like, where do we want to be? Or how do we use our money? Right? It's really the first question. How do we use our money? Because like, we get it, like, everyone has rent, everyone has utilities, everyone has cell phones, like, okay, you have to pay, you have to pay those bills, you don't have a choice, right? But what do we do with the money that we have left over? What do we want to do with it? do we want to stock up our closets with material items? Do we want to go on vacations and so you know spend all our money there? Do we not want to do anything and save up for a home? Do we want multiple homes? You know like so I think the first question is really what kind of lifestyle do you want? Right? Like what kind of lifestyle does each person want and how does it come together? Right?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And honestly that was something that when I started shifting my own relationship with money um, something that I like just would not admit for the longest time was that I wanted a more extravagant lifestyle. I just, I love traveling. I love like my home and, you know, like I like to have space and, um, and you know, I've got this Jeep that I'm obsessed with. And so like, I saw way. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there just are things that I'm like, okay, like these things are more expensive. Um, and it's okay for me to want them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's permission that people just don't tend to give themselves, especially when they're in that state of like, well, I don't really make any money, so I can't spend anything ever. Um, Because that's that's where I was, was I, I can't have any of these things because they make me selfish and because I don't have any money. So I was like creating all of these,
2: well, the, I think the question comes down to not so much where you are at right now, because everyone understands, you know, when we're young and we're just starting out, we're not wealthy. You know, very few people are wealthy starting out, right? Like, obviously, I wasn't wealthy starting. Out, not, that I, not that I consider myself wealthy now, but, you know, like I, but, um, you know, like when we're starting out, most people have to start from somewhere, right? We're all either building our businesses or building our careers and kind of getting there. So not having money now for the things that we want doesn't mean that we won't have money later. Mm-hmm. Right. So and I think that's a huge, that's an important distinguishment to make, right? Where it's like, okay, yeah, I don't have something now, but that doesn't stop me from wanting those things. So like if your goals, well, you know what? Like, I really want a nice condo, I really want to live in a spacious, you know, new building, and I really want to do this, that's fantastic. And there's nothing wrong with that. I very much align with you on those same things. You know, like I wanted a bigger place and I want like like I have like a, you know, like me and my husband, we love cars. So, you know, we always have this passion that we want to get like, you know you know, these like luxury cars or sports cars or something. Obviously, we can't afford them today. But we know in our mind that like, once we get to a certain level, we will spend money on that, because that's something that we want. Um, But to your point, I hear you, I guess coming like if it's particularly maybe your culture or family where people are taught that, you know, you shouldn't want expensive things like it's not important in life or whatever. That's fine if you don't want those things. But I think it's really important If you are with someone that you love and it's a healthy relationship where you can communicate, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, well, you know, like, even if you feel like, for example, you shouldn't want this, right? You can phrase it that way. Like, oh, I know we're not supposed to like want these things, but like, if I'm honest, I kind of do, you know? And you'd be surprised. Maybe the other person will say, well, you know, I kind of also do. And like, I didn't want to say it because I thought you would judge me and oh, well, I thought you were going to judge me, Right. So I think, and of course our conversation right now is based on the premise of of healthy relationships, right? Like people who can, because you know, obviously if it's not healthy, like there's a million other ways this will go. But assuming you're with a partner who is open with you and you can be honest with, which I hope you are if you're getting married, <laughs> um, just, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really important to be vulnerable and say, you know, look, I like these things. Like my husband is a relatively simple guy. Like he doesn't wear fancy clothes. He doesn't buy jewelry or watches or anything like that. Like, yeah, we like our car, but we share a car. Like, we're not, you know. Um, but for example, like when we travel, I love luxury hotels. You know, like I will splurge. I will buy nothing all year just to spend like a thousand dollars a night at, you know, wherever we are. Yeah. Um, and he was fine with that. He's like, you know, like these are experiences that you know, like he also values experiences. So he was like, okay, well, if you like luxury hotels you know, we can't afford to go to two weeks in Europe and spend a thousand every night for the two weeks, but we can plan it this way where, you know, like, and he found a way to make it work. We're like, okay, we'll spend the first week and a half, let's say with Airbnbs and like more budget hotels or bed and breakfast. And since we're out exploring all these cities anyway, and then like, you know, if you like luxury, then like, let's say the last three or four days we'll end up in like Capri or Amalfi Coast and there we'll splurge, you know what I mean? So there is that compromise where, okay, well we can't make it a hundred percent, but we can do it this way, right? Um, And I think that's really the most important thing. I think it's really important to be honest and say what you want, why you want it. You know, and if your spouse doesn't agree with you or you can say, well, what do you want? Like what everybody has those, you know, like everybody has something that they want, whether it's fancy cars, designer clothes, a big house, you know, like I don't believe anyone when they say I want nothing. Like (laughs) I'm fine living in a shoebox, never traveling. Like, you know, do you believe that? I don't believe that. No, I don't
0: really. Like, I think that, I think when people kind of put that on themselves. They're in a state of just not feeling like they're able to ask for more. Um, and cause I absolutely believe that people can want less people yeah. can want way less than I want. I want a lot. I want a lot, <laughs> but, but honestly, that was something that, um, that took some time to really navigate in my relationship that, you know, is is a lot easier to navigate now in my marriage. How um, your husband react when you told him that you want these like extravagant things? So, you know, like initially um, I, as we were talking about it, um, we were in a place where like we kind of agreed and we kind of disagreed because um, because I was like, oh, I'm going to build a business and it's going to be a billion dollar business. And so I'm gonna like go on these fancy trips and like blah 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 all this stuff, and he's like, okay, well, I'm in finance and investing, and when I make all of my money, then like I want to buy a plot of land and have 5,000 acres and just like live out there and and whatever.
2: And but you guys are so he wants
0: to have a farm and you want to. <laughs> That there was just this openness because I I had been judged in the past um, by other guys that I had dated where I'm like, oh yeah, like I want to do this and I want to do this and I'm going to have this and whatever. And they're like, oh, so, you know, like, are you just in it for money? Are you just shallow? Are you vain? <laughs> whatever. And, and I'm like, listen,
2: God made me how he made me. And so I'm just really like, you know, also let's, let's make something clear. We're not, we, we, it's not that we want these things from other people we want these things for ourselves, like we're willing to work and put in the right so it's not that we're gold digging. We're not looking for rich people to give us this lifestyle. This is a lifestyle we want to give to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's not I don't feel like that's right to be judged for that. Like if you're willing to put in your own work and make your own money, and that's how you want to spend it, go for it. Who's Mm -hmm. to stop you? Like, listen, I'm not a very materialistic person. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't looking at a $1,000 Dior t shirt. (laughs) I won't buy it because I don't feel like I can, you know, splurge on that right now. Like, I don't feel like I'm at that level where I can just throw a thousand dollars out the window for a T-shirt. Right. But I'd be lying if I said I wasn't looking at it and, you know, looking towards the day where I can do that if I wanted to. You know what I mean? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel like it's really and I get it. Like, I know in your culture, you mentioned, right, like money's kind of it's frowned upon to really look at money as like a material thing. Like it's meant to just sustain your life or provide for your family. And if that's what you want, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. I don't want to say it's a cultural thing or not. I mean, obviously it is, but it doesn't have to be, right? There are people who don't live in in those cultures and still want very simple lives. And there are people who live in more conservative cultures and want very extravagant lifestyles, you know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And going back to your your initial sense, you have to give yourself permission to be who you are. And I think that's like, that's something like my whole lifestyle changed when I realized that I can give myself permission to be who I am. Right. Like that I realized that I didn't need other people's permission. I just needed my own permission. I needed myself to be confident enough to say, like, you know, you can be an accountant with bright red hair and you can be an accountant with tattoos and I don't have to hide them. And I don't need to walk around in a pinstripe blazer suit, you know, to be taken seriously. Um, And once I did that mind shift, right. And I said to my, and I realized that like, the only person stopping me is me. Everything changed for me. Everything changed for me. So I, I think that's really, really where it starts.
0: Yeah and I think that that at its core is why it's so important to be opening up the door to this conversation mm-hmm. is that when you're not being honest with yourself about what you really want and how you really want to live and the life that you do want to build with somebody else then you are unable to bring that and share it with someone because if you're judging yourself for those things then you know, you're going to be too scared to, to really open up about that and share it with someone else. And then, um, and then if you're not sharing that and you're kind of burying it and then, you know, you get married and suddenly your finances are connected to somebody else, then there's this kind of wall, right. Of, yeah. well, I wasn't, I was too scared to tell you what I really wanted because I was too scared to admit it. And now, you know, we've made this major commitment to each other. So so what do
2: we do now, you know? I think it's—I think this is just one of those conversations because it's also, it's not just about money, right? Like you said, it's like, you're gonna you find yourself in a situation where you committed to someone where maybe had you been honest with this person from the beginning, maybe this person would have been like, listen, that's fine that you feel that way, but I don't want that in life, right? And then maybe you would have decided that maybe this is not the person for me, right? Um, or it could be the opposite, you, you'd be pleasantly surprised and this person would be, oh, me too, I was also afraid. But is that a chance you wanna take after you're married? Yeah, right. You know what I mean like I think there's I, I think just like you have the conversation of how many kids do you want to have and how are we going to raise them, are we going to raise them with religion, are we going to raise them, you know, atheists, are we going to raise them family oriented are we going to raise them here. Like Just as just as important as those conversations are money and, and what you want out of life is equally important and I get it like at our age, a lot of people don't know what they want and that can change later and that's fine too. But if you do know and you're just scared to admit it, I think you're doing yourself a huge disservice because you're in a position where you can set the, you know, the path for your future and you're not doing it, you know? so the only person you're really hurting is yourself and potentially dragging someone else with you down this road who maybe wouldn't have wanted to be there if they knew this true stuff, or maybe they would have, but you know what I mean? Like you don't want to take those kind of chances after you've already said your do's. Like you want to, you know, walk into your marriage knowing that like I have a person who's going to work with me to build this life that I want you know, like, I felt very strongly about that, like, when I was with my husband, and like, and I get it, like, it was different, because we were already living together, but honestly, even if what's the difference if we were married or not married, right, let's say we didn't move in together, let's say we got married, and, and, and then moved in together, right, eventually, it would start, I, I imagine, it would probably start everyone, let me rephrase, it. I don't know how everyone starts, but, like, for me, you know, like, for me, it started with, okay, let's, you know, this very gradual of, you know, we're splitting stuff, and then at some point, we were just, like, Okay, this doesn't make sense. Like we feel like roommates, and you know we're not roommates. Like let's just have a joint bank account, right? And then we have a joint bank account, you know. And then I'm, you know, I'm, caught, I'm you know, I'm conscious of like how much money I'm spending versus what I'm putting in. And then at some point, it just honestly gets too complicated to, you know, to catch. And it's just like. You know, like now my husband and I, we have two joint, you know, savings account. We have two joint business accounts. We have everything joined. The only thing we have separate are like the credit cards that we had before we got together. And even then, like we have access to each other's cards and like half the stuff, like half the time, like my cards are in his wallet, his cards are in my wallet. They're all, I don't know, you know, they're all over the place. <laughs> so
1: so <guys. laughs>
0: But I think that's so good. And that's so healthy just to be able to um, share that with each other there. I once had a roommate who, um, she got married and she like came back after a few months to like, just chat with us. Um, and, and she made a comment that she doesn't have access to any of their finances and any of their bank accounts or any of their cards or anything. And, um, and that was like, so terrifying to me terrifying. Um, because again, you know, like you were saying, it's not necessarily about money
2: itself um it's about it's never about money itself
0: no it's like well well, why isn't there trust there yeah like both have access to this or you know like does that mean that she had really bad spending habits and it's like punishment or like I don't know I don't know I don't know but um but I think that there breeds a lot of secrecy and distrust and questions and and separation um when you're not able to be really like financially in sync and honest with each other. And, and, you know, as you mentioned before, just really, really aligning that vision for yeah. life. Like what do you want a life
2: together to look like? That's pretty important. That's literally the biggest thing. What do you want your life together to look like? And that includes, you know, how you, how comfortable you are with money. I, it's funny because I have a similar, I had a friend um when her and her husband got married they had everything completely separate separate bank accounts separate everything the only thing they had joint was this one checking account where they would each put in half of the you know their living expenses and like pay their stuff that way right but otherwise everything else was like separate so whatever you know she made outside of that you know her half of the bills you know she had her own account to spend and he had whatever right and he made like three times more than her so his spending power was significantly more than hers you know and especially when they were splitting the bills half half um, and it actually came to a really big bump when she went on maternity leave and she wasn't getting paid, um, or she was, but she was getting paid like half of her salary. And she was like, I literally cannot even like go out to get my hair done or anything because I don't have that extra $20. Meanwhile, your bank account has like thousands in it. You know, and she was like, I-, I don't really think that's fair. And he was like, okay. I'll, and then he gave her like an allowance or something like that for like, exercise. and I was like, are you joking? Like, This guy has probably like a hundred thousand dollars in his like bank account or something. He's giving you like two hundred dollars for the month. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, are you for real? Like, uh, that's you know what I mean. And I mean, luckily for them, no, actually, they ended up breaking Uh, (laughs) out. They ended up actually breaking out because, and not only for this, but this was just like a huge factor. There was no, you know, either he just didn't want to share his money, either he didn't want to, um, I don't know, like. maybe he didn't trust her although I didn't really get the vibe like I never really saw her with all these like expensive stuff so I never really got the vibe that she had like a shopping problem or stuff or anything like that so I'm not sure what it is um but he maybe he was just still used to kind of being independent where he didn't feel like he you know or he had a different lifestyle envision you know I, I mean I don't know what it is but they ended up like divorcing when their kid was like two or something. Um, which is like terrible, you know what I mean? But like you saw these signs, like and they were living together for, like a few years before. So, like the signs were there, you know, like they didn't have really good communication, they weren't really talking about like when she would say, Oh, I want these things, and he said, Oh, but I want these things, and like it ended up always going his way, and like you know what I mean. Um, and I felt like in that situation, it almost looked obvious that he was just using money as a means of, of control, right? And it sounds very similar to, to your friend where it's like she doesn't have access to the money. Why? you know, like, why, why don't you have, and it's not about the money itself. It's, it's about the trust. It's, it's about, it, it does, it does give people a certain level of power. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it, it definitely does. And that's something that you want to like find a really good balance between before you get married, because that does contribute to a lot of
2: abusive relationships when there's a power imbalance like that.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah,
2: it's really big. Um, like I remember she would say something like, Oh, like, she wants to go on vacation, and he'll say, like, well, I don't want to go there. She's like, Oh, but this would be so much fun for both of us. Like, well, if I'm paying for it, it's like, but you're not paying for it. You know, it's like it's like it's it's I get it, it's your money, but like if she wasn't paying half of the bills, like you would have double the expenses to put, it, you know what I mean? So like that's not exactly accurate to say that it's my money or something you know or like he'll just like I remember he, he actually did have a spending thing he always walked around and like Fendi t-shirts and Gucci belts and you know what I mean and and she'd be like oh well you know like if we want to save for like a house and maybe you should cut spending he's like well it's my money and I'm going to spend it how I want and it's like okay cool like well if that's how this is going to be then this is yours and you do what you want and this is mine I'll do what I want then that's not a partnership you know for sure
0: there definitely definitely has to be that um that partnership and that camaraderie that's that's something that you know we're always saying here in my house it was like like it's not my money and your money it's our money it's, it's just our
2: money. money like i i've I Will literally never ask my husband if I want to buy something or spend something. I'll never ask, you know. I mean, we have joint accounts, like he will see it anyway, right? Although, honestly, before it was really good for a while because he never even looked in the bank accounts. I really could have just splurged if he never even noticed. But I mean, that's just not what I want. Um, but then at, at some point, he started really getting into investments and being more, you know, conscious finances. Now he was like tracking things more and he was like, Oh, what's this 500? What's that 500? And not in a way of like, Oh, what is this? But it was just more like, oh, uh-huh, I see you, like, you know, I like, I, I see it. And I was like, Okay, fine, whatever. Um, so I'll never really like ask permission to buy something unless it's something really expensive I'll be and I won't even ask for permission then I'll just say like I really really want to stress do you think I can get it it's two thousand dollars you know and his answer will always be the same if you really think you need it then get it yeah you know like if you really feel like you need it if you really feel like you want it then get it and it's like (laughs) (laughs) Like, damn do I
0: (laughs) answer and and honestly that's something that um like I definitely am more of a spender than my husband is, um, because like running my own business that really motivates me. If I'm like, okay, if I can hit this goal, then I get to reward myself with this. Um, that's not
2: spending. That's that's not like splurging. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's, I don't know what the term is for that, but you know, like that's, that's, um, that's like rewarding yourself for your hard work. Like, I don't believe people should just work and work all the time and not reward themselves. What's the point? What are you going to do? You're going to die with all your money. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, and and honestly, that was a conversation that we had to have. We started having it when we were dating because um because I I'm like kind of a designer person and I'm kind of not. Um but I wanted a pair of Christian Louboutin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and oh, same <laughs> girl. <laughs> I, mean, I was like I was like, okay, like if I can hit this goal for my business because it was when I was first starting and I really wasn't making very much money at all. Um, but I was like, if I can get to this goal, then I'm going to buy these shoes. And he was like, I don't, I do not comprehend that. Like if you're not making very much money and these shoes are a thousand dollars, like how does that translate? You know? And, um,
2: and that was his goals. It's not now like, you know, so what, like just because people are poor, not poor, but you know what I mean? Like just because people don't have money now, that means they can't look at nice things. They can't want nice things. Like, come on. Like if that's your motivation to do better, you know, then, then that's your motivation. You'll get there. And then you'll get your Louboutins, which by the way, I saw you did cause I see them in pictures.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did. And, and that was um, like, he was so understanding and he, and he always was so open and, um, and, you know, just encourages and supports me so much. And so because we have that established relationship of openness, then I could share this thing. And I knew that it would kind of like freak him out a little bit because he's not really in the designer world. Yeah, uh, He's a but, farmer. You know? <laughs> well, he's like, a, he's like a lumberjack guy, <laughs> you know? Um, but he, but he was like, you know what, like, this is, this is your business. And if that's, how it feels good for you to run it, then, then, okay. Like it doesn't have to necessarily make all the sense in the world to me. Mm-hmm. If that's something that's important to you and, you know, and I'm always like, I'm not gonna, I'm not ever going to spend more than what our finances
2: are. So yeah. That- and I think that's really the most important thing. I think that's where the trust comes in, right? Like you need to be comfortable. Like if you're sharing your bank account with someone, you're sharing your finances, if you know this person has a spending problem and you know this person is just going to splurge everything, you're going to be hesitant to put your money in there because you can think, okay, well, in two days, it's all going to be gone because this person decided to go shopping, you know? So that's why I started out this conversation with assuming that people are on the same page and, you know, where you value money because you know, like, you know, if this person is, does have a, you know, a spending habit, you're not going to want to put your money there and you can explain to them why, right? That it's not a punishment. It's not a, it's not a thing. It's just that like, you know, you made this much money and this person spends, you know, based on your habit, which you can clearly show someone by bank statements, It's like, look how much you spend on a monthly basis. You know, it concerns me or whatever. Um, you know, like I remember a few summers ago, I really, really wanted this Gucci bag and it was like $2,500 or something. And I said to my husband, I was like, I really, really want this bag. And I think when you get it, he's, and he says to me, he goes, you can, it's not a problem. I was like, okay, cool. And I'm ready on my phone. Like, looking and goes, Or if you want, we can go to Portugal for a week. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like I was like I do I do want to go to Portugal so he's like so it's up to you do you want to spend your $2,500 on the bag or do you want to go on vacation I was like oh. it's like okay plane tickets <laughs> <laughs> Or you're like both. why am I too I can't you know like I don't think I'm at that state and this is where it comes to I guess maturity and you know and being like you know um practical like I, I don't feel like I'm at the stage in my life where I can't afford both you know, so if I have to choose, I have to you know, prioritize or whatever. And that's fine because both of those things are something I love traveling, you know, and if I could, I would travel as much as I can. And and to be quite honest, after we got married, we spent a good two years traveling and we I basically spent no money, we spent no money on ourselves, meaning like we didn't go clothing, shopping. I didn't go buy any clothing items. I think I think in two years, I mean we spent like three hundred dollars on like clothes for, you know. Because in my mind, I was like, oh, like I want to stay in this really nice hotel and I want to be able to travel, you know, more. And we probably spent like, I would say a good 40% of the year traveling, which was huge for me, you know, because like coming off tax season, it would be like, I remember like in May, we went somewhere for two weeks. And then in June, we went somewhere. And then in July, we went for our anniversary. And then in August, we went somewhere to your, you know, basically like every three weeks we were gone for like a week or two. So to me, I was like this, these life experiences, I'll never be able to get back once we have kids, but like that Gucci bag, I'll get it next year. It'll always be there, you know? But again, that's my personal view. And then, you know, that's, but we aligned on that, you know, for sure.
0: And, and that's the thing is, um, that, that money itself is like, it's just symbolic all of the time. It's symbolic. Mm -hmm. And so if money is not something that you can align on and have a good, open, vulnerable, and honest conversation- then Your relationship you do. is doomed. Yeah, that's, that's very reflective of your communication, your relationship with each other, um, which, you know, before we started this call, you said um, that as you work with couples, like you can always predict who stays together, and who doesn't. And yes. i would love for you to share. Yes,
2: things. I will share this. Um, so this is a really hot topic because every time I say this to someone, I always get feedback of not everybody has to share bank accounts. Like people can separate bank accounts and still be in healthy relationships. Like you can, but it's much more complicated and people are not really at that level of self-awareness where they can maintain that or let me rephrase: the majority of people are not at that level of self-awareness where both partners are at that level where they can still have separate bank accounts and still maintain a healthy relationship between Um, and i found that to be the case right so i'm not saying that this is a cause and effect relationship i'm saying that this has been a common factor in all of the relationships that i've seen break up right and here's how it goes a couple comes into my office right we do their tax return we're doing married filing jointly um, because you know, they're married now and it's, it's, it's better for them to do it. You know, it's more tax efficient for them to do it this way. Right. I finished the tax return. This is your outcome, whatever you're getting back 1500 bucks from IRS, a thousand dollars from state, whatever. Right. The next question is how much would I get back if I was single? What would each person's return be if they were single?
0: Mm, interesting. And then
2: they pay each other back the difference.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So they have you go through it. Like
2: Which see- is fine. It, it, it's an extra, it, it, it doesn't take much. It's, it's you know, it's, it, it's an extra step. It takes two seconds to split the file in the program and, and the, the system will generate the two separate files. So it, it doesn't require a lot of work on my part. That's not the point. It's the point that in their mind, they're like, well, when I was single, for example, I have like couples, and this usually always happens with people when one person is self-employed and one person is on W-2, because usually the self-employed person always pays taxes, right? Because they, their income is not taxed. So in their case, they'll always end up owing money, most 99% of the time. While well, the person who's on a W-2, for example, will usually always get money back. So now all of a sudden they're married and now they're in the situation where they're not getting money back, they owe money because of this other person's, you know, self-employed business. Um, and the person who has a W-2, or even if it's not, honestly, even if it's two W-2s, it doesn't matter. Um, they'll ask, you know, and they'll, and they'll want the other person to reimburse them. It's like, well, why should I not get my refund back because you have to pay taxes? And it's like, because you're no longer single yeah you know what I mean the same way you lose your tuition credit once you graduate you know like it's the same way your parents lose a dependent credit for you because you're no longer a kid and then you get your college tuition credit and then once you're not a college kid anymore once you're out of school you don't get the college tuition credit anymore because you're not in that stage anymore you know and then you have that time period you know that you're single and you have your own stuff but that you know like you leave those phases in life yeah like and, and I think that like that's kind of how I look at it right it's like each person it's like everything's good while it lasts. You know, I remember also when I was in college, I was getting $5,000 refunds. Those were the good old days. (laughs) You know what I mean? But those days are long gone. Like I'm not going to, I'm not at that stage in my life anymore. And that's not where I'm at. And that's not an accurate reflection of my tax return anymore. You know? So when you're no longer single and you're married now, that's it. Whatever you had before, it was nice while it lasted. It's not there anymore. You're not mentally in that state anymore. You're physically tax-wise not in that state anymore. You're married now. Um, but to me, it just goes to show that mentally they're still there. Yeah. You know, what's mine is mine. Mm -hmm. And that's, that has always been case in point. Whenever I would see that within five years, that couple are split. Oh, wow. And I've seen that a hundred percent of the time.
0: That's crazy. And I honestly, like, I don't think that that
2: ever would have even like crossed my mind, but wow. Yeah. That would never even cross my mind either, but I see it so often. I see it so much. you know, like you just get it's like, how much would I get back if I was in like, okay, you owe me this money back? And it's yeah. like, and this other person's like, oh, look, like, okay, I'll send you the, you know, like I guess like they don't really have a choice or like if that's what the you know, like, but to me it's a clear sign that there's something, there's a gap there. Yeah. Right. Like, like, and again, it's not that because you do this, you're going to get divorced. It's obviously other factors, but this seems to be like a common, a very strong common denominator amongst it. And it's funny because um, my dad, who's also an accountant and he's been working for like 30 years, so obviously way more than me, 35 years, he noticed the same thing too. In his entire career so this is not just me you know what i mean like this is this is a common interrelationship issue
1: mm-hmm. you know what i mean
2: um and i found it to be very interesting but i'm not surprised either because if you are still treating it like it's your money you know and you live with split bank accounts and you only share you know a, an account for the sake of the mutual expenses or whatever like how do you even decide that like okay fine your rent, you split half half okay fine but then let's say you have kids how do you split like the kids expenses Will you buy the clothes and I'll buy the baby food? Will we split the daycare? Like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what do you do? T- like, you're not roommates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Um, so with all of that, um,
0: because my audience is predominantly singles, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give them as a single person to mitigate that, to, like, be really proactive in, in getting to a place as a single so that this doesn't come up as a pain point for them when they're married
2: i think the i think going back to the same thing number one is be honest with yourself about what kind of life you want and there's no shame in whatever it is that you decide um whether it's luxurious whether it's average whether it's you know very conservative with your finances as long as you're comfortable with it and you can genuinely say this is what i want in life then that's great then that's your goal right and you stick with that you should also be very proactive you know on top of your finances like. What am I doing? If I do have these goals that are more extravagant and cost more money, what am I doing to get there? How can I get there independently, right? So I'm not depending on someone else. I mean, I stress independence so much because I just feel like I would never want to find a woman in a situation where she just depends or a man, anyone, you know what I mean? In a situation where they depend on someone else and if they break up, this person has nothing, right? And so of course, like if we're talking about single people and we're talking about you have careers and your jobs, like save your money, have like that, that cushion to fall back on and be comfortable with your finances. And then when you do start dating someone that that the more gets more serious, I think it's really, really important as you get more into your relationship to just, it doesn't have to be like a sit down serious conversation. It could just be a gradual like, oh, I saw this thing and I really like it. And you'll feel the water of what this person's reaction and what they think and what they, you know what I mean? Like the more you like date someone or talk to someone, the more you'll just, these conversations will come up, right? um uh, for example if someone really likes like luxury items and they're always wearing luxury item clothes and designer brands it's obvious right like it's right all over your clothes you know um and I think there's nothing wrong with that so I think that for yourself while you're single it's be honest with yourself be true to what kind of lifestyle you want there's no shame in that strive to reach those goals that you want and then look for someone that complements that lifestyle that you want whether it be just to support you um, emotionally, whether it be to support you within the household, in your future, when you're not it, because there's different ways that partners can support each other besides being financially, right? Like if you are really a go-getter and you have your own business and your spouse, you know, just has like a nine to five job and that's what they like, then that's great. Find someone who then after nine to five will help with the house chores so that you can continue working on your job, you know, on your business, find someone who's willing to chip in and, and help with the kids more, you know, to make up for the time so you can bring more money in, you know? find someone that complements your lifestyle and be honest because that person will probably just as much enjoy it. Right. Like that person, look for every, you know, for every star, there's a groupie. You know what I mean? And I think it's about finding that right mesh where it's either you can have two with that power couple where both people feel the same and they're like, Oh, we both rather just work our asses off and, you know, we'll pay for all the other house chores to be done and we're fine with that. And that's great. You know Um, but don't be afraid to, find what you're looking for. I think it's my biggest like advice. Like like don't be afraid and that support system comes in in many different ways. You don't need you know like like for example with you if you want to work 10 hours a day and really grow your business and get those finances that you want, that's fantastic. I think you should definitely do it. I think you'll be happier as a person, you know, like you're walking in your passion, you're walking in your truth. And when you do that, you just attract people who either are for it or not for it and they're not for it, then they're just not for you. You don't have to force relationships. There's always someone else out there who will be a better fit for you.
0: Yeah, I could not agree more. It's you know such a huge thing and I think it's such a huge blessing right now when like both people have so much opportunity and so much opportunity from home if that's what they want and there's just like this flexibility that is beautiful and it's amazing. And I think that it's something that can really be taken advantage of when you are just honest with yourself and you're honest with what you want and you're honest about that with other people. And then and then you can let them go. If someone is not on board with what you want, that
2: doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you or what you want or with them. It just- 100%. Doesn't. It just means that you're not aligned in your views and this person's just not for you, um, which I guess comes to point, like just don't settle.
1: Yes. Yeah. You know?
2: Yes. <laughs> so much yes right like don't settle there's always someone who's there will always be someone who's you know not for you and there's someone who is for you and i think and honestly i mean coming from someone who really struggled with finding my own self i can imagine and i lived in, in a community where it was very open like you can be yourself and you know there was no like stigma or whatever so i can imagine that it might be even harder for someone who comes to say from your community where there is this actual stigma of like you shouldn't want these things and you, you shouldn't have these things or whatever um, and I definitely empathize with, with, with that because it definitely makes it harder for you to come out and say, well, no, I do want these things and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I do hope that, you know, if you're, you know, listeners they are, if they hear this, you know, really take it in and, and realize that even though you were raised in one way, it doesn't mean you have to continue being that way. There are plenty of people who are raised in religious communities and leave. There are plenty of people who are raised in normal, you know, you know, Western culture or whatever, and then become religious or whatever. There's a million ways your life can go. And that's fine. I think you should be open to that and trust your gut. At the end of the day, that that unhappiness settling feeling will only get worse with time. It won't get better.
0: Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. Um, awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on here, having this conversation with me. Um, if my listeners want to go check you out, find more out about you um what's the best way for
2: them to do that um you can check my instagram it's at yvette Satavoy. um you can go to my website it's savvy uh, which is actually funny like even my my is like savvy and sweet like the hotel suite <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> because i'm telling you
2: like i love traveling it's just part of my life and i'm fine with that, <laughs> I'm fine with that. no shame good um, um Liz, thank, uh, Liv, thank live, thank you so much for having me. I'm honestly so I'm really excited. This is a really good chat. Um, I hope it was useful for your followers. Um, I hope I gave you some really good advice, and I really enjoyed this. Yeah,
0: me too. And it was. It, this is so helpful. I think for for a community that um that focuses so much on families and on like the bond of love, um, I think it's so so good to just step outside of how we um how we put limitations on you know what we're allowed to to want um then mm-hmm. and, and just letting ourselves step in you No, know, to-
1: i
2: don't i don't think that wanting nice things or, or being more financially focused takes away from that bond of love like you know i'm i'm a huge i'm a huge empath i'm i love love you know, like I really do. I'm such a romantic. I'm like obsessed with my husband. I'm obsessed with my family. I love like quality time with them. I love like doing stuff with, you know, which is kind of why I love traveling so much because it forces you to be in the moment and be present with the people that you're with. Um so and it doesn't take anything away. Like I feel like we have such a like I have such a strong family unit. Um, I come from a very large family. I have like three other siblings, I have a hundred cousins, uh, you know, really. So I have a huge family um, and family values were, were very strongly instilled in us, but that doesn't take away from everything else in life.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. And I think that it's it's important that we can create space for um, for that faith, for that religion, for that background and for just how we want to have our lives go and, and what we want to create for ourselves. Um, and I think that there's a lot of divine Intervention in what we want and why we want it. Um, and I think just giving ourselves permission to explore that is a huge process of having those deeply connected relationships. You know? 100%. I couldn't agree
2: with you more. <laughs> I couldn't agree more.
0: Well, good. Um, thank you again. So, so thank so you much so much. I'm here. And um everybody, like I mentioned, I will be dropping the uh links that Yvette mentioned in the show notes as well as you guys probably all know at this point, um, I am hosting a breakup with being broke workshop that is all about breaking these old ideas of limitation, of, of that you have to think or want certain things in order to be deeply connected to your faith and your divine identity, um, and how to pragmatically build healthy relationships with other people by building a healthy relationship with your own finances. So I
2: love on. the work you're doing.
0: Show notes, what? I love the work you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, and I will
1: talk to everybody later. Bye. Bye. Okay.